0: How you doing, everybody? Jeff Joniak here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to have you from PNC Studios here at Hallis Hall on this Thursday night edition as a look ahead to the Eagles, and I'll look back at what's happened so far through the first seven games. Sitting in today from a broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, the great Jay Hilgenberg, the seven-time consecutive Pro Bowl center. And uh, I'm sure it got your your hair standing up straight and uh, whatever you have left (laughs) on your head. You got the adrenaline flowing when you saw... All that running going on on Sunday at Soldier Field.
1: Oh, yeah. It was was exciting that, especially, you know, I've talked about all season in the broadcast that that first series in the third quarter is one of the biggest series of of a game. Well, you
0: you stand behind me and you you, you tap me on the shoulder. That's the biggest series of the year. And I could not help but say the same thing. I thought that was going to be the benchmark moment.
1: Yep, yep. I, you know,. Coach Nagy talks about get, finding that spark, and I, I, I really believe he probably challenged those guys in that, that at the halftime to come out there and guys, I'm going to run the ball here six straight times, and so let's let's see what you can do.
0: I think it even goes back further because on the coaches show this week, right here on this uh, on WBBM rather, they did come to him, I think, and said, "Hey, listen, before this game,
1: we 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 want right. this
0: on our shoulders," and so he listened to his team.
1: That's great. Hey, you know it's. It sounds like that right there. Then that's it's a it's a learning. Everybody's learning this whole process. So, you know, this is a this is a team. The Chicago Bears, and I think that's what Nagy has really built here. That these guys really care about each other, and I think to be successful. That, that's where you have to really begin with entering the season, that everybody has to be tight together and be on the same page. You're going to go through ups and downs regardless of any season you're in. And it's it's the guys that are going to stick together. And I, I found that to be more real, that I'm out of football, how important it is that everybody buys in. Where you start getting people that, that – Questioning things in the locker room. Uh, there's time for that later. So
0: why do you why do you do that now as an ex-player, so many years removed?
1: Why, why well, are you,
0: why are you looking at it through a different lens?
1: Well, I think it's easier to do. I mean, football careers are so short yeah. to begin with, and you got to get what you you know. What'd you wind what up looking
0: with looking tenure-wise? 12? Years, uh, thirteen, thirteen,
1: se- yeah, thirteen seasons. Did you think you were going to play that long? Uh, well, actually, you know, I won- in the midst of it, I, I wanted to play a little more. Sixteen. My uncle played sixteen, but um, I, I I look back at it. It's amazing to, to play thirteen years. Yeah, it is. It's amazing to play
0: one year. No, you're you're, you're <laughs> right, Jeff. Volley.
1: You're right. It is. I mean, that the, the yeah. average career is three and a half years in the NFL, and and so that's why. You know, that, there's such a sense of urgency, and guys want to win so bad out there. And uh, but it's just, you, it's it's frustrating. But really, the way to be successful in the NFL is as a team is that everybody has to be on the same page, and everybody has to buy in and be together. The
0: interesting thing about this conversation, lost in all of it, is that were euphoric about the run game coming alive and that big 55-yard run by David Montgomery was so perfectly blocked at right. every aspect, including Allen Robinson digging out of safety to the double-team block uh, and to the pull by Cody Whitehair and then the accelerating run by David Montgomery and that the offense showed signs of life. It's something you can hang your hat on a little bit, you know, but they still lost. Right. You know, and and they lost and they lost because of the red zone ineffectiveness.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I think uh you're right. I mean, it was that first half being down there uh I think nine plays or something uh, down there close and not making it happen. It was it was frustrating four times in the well, red zone. Well,
0: 16 z- plays in the red zone period for the five, for for
1: 12 yards. Yeah. 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 And that's that's something that you know, it's a tough day. You know, there's no excuses. These guys these guys know it. They're professionals, they got to come back and uh hit some plays.
0: It. As great as your team was and as dominant you guys were as a, as a running team and time of possession, do you recall a period of
1: red zone difficulty in your career where,
0: hmm. you know, as great as you guys right. were, things weren't happening yeah. in the red zone?
1: you know, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know if we played, played so long ago it wasn't called the red zone then. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs>
0: What was it called? Yeah, for you, guys? you know, it, it, what'd you guys it, call it back then?
1: I'm not even sure. I, really? Yeah. You guys didn't have a red zone I, period. I, I'm sure we probably did. What'd you, I, what'd you call the period when you worked between the twenty or inside the twenty? Inside the twenty. That's it. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Inside the twenty. Um, yeah, it gets a little. It gets tougher down there. You got to be aware. Being an offensive lineman, you got to be aware because defense coordinators will take risks. You know, they'll they'll try to put you in some bad plays. Um, in that area and especially when you cross the 50 that's where you know around the 40 yard line going in that's when defensive coordinators are going to try to get you out of field goal position and try to create some bad plays but uh, the red zone you got to be you got to go down there and um, you look for everything it's the worst case scenario offensive lineman is always the worst case scenario first you got to think that you know where, where can where where can they disrupt this offensive play the quickest and you got to secure that then move on with your blocks but um and then it it takes it's gonna but that was
0: one game they hadn't gotten in there much this year when they did they they were pretty successful with their touchdown efficiency but you can't you can't come out of there with right. nothing or three repeatedly and think you're going to survive right, yeah. that. I don't care how good your defense is. And I, I I thought it was interesting, and I'm sure you read it, you know, Khalil Mack saying, hey, we're, we're giving up too many points. Right. I mean, that that's nice to say, but the fact of the matter is you should be able to win games when you're holding teams in, into that kind of figure. So, oh. part, and they came back and stopped the run. They're going right. to have to do it again this week right. against the Eagles.
1: Yes, I mean, and th- that's where the defense always kind of is in a tough spot because no matter what, um, you know, if you give up, defense gives up 14 points and you only score 10 you know you you can't feel good about what you did defensively and uh, i i get that um but you know there's no reason why the Bears can't score outside of the red zone. Also, to try to hit some big plays down the field. And I, I, I look. Their... Do you think they're coming? Yes, I, I, I really do. I, I, think, I think they are. I, there's improvement out there. I think Mitch hurting his shoulder set him back a little bit. I'm missing that game, and then the the first game back against the Saints playing with a shoulder harness on that that's an adjustment a quarterback has to go through i, I hurt my shoulder in 87 i remember the first time i put the shul- i had to wear a shul- shoulder harness that whole season and i remember the first time i went up and tried to run and finally got it up to full speed i mean i almost fell down it throws you off balance cuz it's a, your your body's different move so i mean somehow
0: I, you in full speed doesn't yeah, well resonate it wasn't with me. The, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't impressive yeah, I'll tell you. Jay Hilgenberg, our guest sitting in today for Tom Thayer. Coming up shortly, Bilal Nichols, the young defensive lineman, will join the program. We're brought to you by IGS Energy with Paul Ziranger, engineer, and Dan Barilli, our producer. You know, yesterday, Mitch Trubisky talked about watching the TV copy of the Bears game, not just the coach's tape, which is the national broadcast. And it was an advisory decision by Matt Nagy. Hey, here's some advice. Take a look at how what your body is. Actions are showing right. what your demeanor is, and Mitch said it was like watching somebody he didn't know. It wasn't him, that's so great. he wants to get wow. back to being him. Right? No, I very I, revealing.
1: I, I think that's important. I think it's a great coaching point that Nagy did. Just yeah, that's a different perspective. Be able to look. He at says yourself. he looked
0: too serious, and you know,
1: right? And and that's I've been thinking that all year. Mitch has to go out and have fun. He can't go out. I the rest of this season, I don't want to. I I don't care. I mean, if Mitch. Makes a mistake, so what? Everybody makes mistakes. There's never been one person in the NFL that's played a perfect game. You got to go out. There. I, I play. I made every mistake that any football player could ever make on the football field. I made them all, and I tell you, I, I mean, uh, Coach stuck with me. I mean, I never would have gone to the Pro Bowls that I went through if he didn't go through my growing pains as a center in the NFL. I mean, I, I caused the first instant replay in the history of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so, We've talked about that right, a lot, but for those right. who
0: don't know what happened, explain what right. happened.
1: Right, it was the '86 season. They had the, the first time instant replay uh, was there, and um, first series of the 86th season, second or third play of the game, the, we were in the shotgun, and it was on three, and I snapped it on two and a half, and McMahon wasn't looking and the ball went in the end zone, and they had a replay to see if it was either a safety or a touchdown for the Cleveland Browns, and it ended up being a touchdown. So, oh. I mean, that's a heck of a way to start the your, season. You got your
0: tail chewed on that one, didn't you? Yeah,
1: I probably, play, probably played one of the best games I ever played in my life after that. After that, it woke you up a little bit. <laughs> I had a little adrenaline going.
0: Jay Hilgenberg here. This is Bears All Access. We'll step away for a break on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at igs.com. Filling in for Tom Thayer this week, Jay Hilgenberg is good buddy. How did you guys um, carve out such a friendship, by the way? I, I think oh, it's a great oh. story, and one day I'd like to sit you both down right. and do a, a Bears insider feature. On a player profile, on the relationship of Jay Hilgenberg and Tom. There, you guys have been <laughs> no,
1: we're, we're buddies forever. We're, yeah, we're like brothers. I'd have to say we are. I mean, I, Tom and I are, are very close. Talk, I call him, I bug him, I call him all the time on the phone and stuff. So, right, you do get under his skin, you know. Yeah, oh, I, I, I know, I do. There's no, <laughs> there's no question. I Does do. he? Um, you guys are very, very interesting he characters. He doesn't... No, not, not really. No? Not, you, not really. I, I know I, I bug him. You're very accepting, in other words. Well, I'd like to think so. He'd probably say a different story. He'd probably say the exact <laughs> no, thing he loves I, you, I'm saying about him. You're more tolerant, I'll give you that. <laughs> well, <laughs> that that's not saying a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jay Jay comes into the booth uh, every Sunday with uh, his protein shakes and a huge bag of pistachios. Oh, i got to lay and off you, those. You, I mean, you... Can you knock out a full bag in oh, yeah. one game?
1: Oh, yeah. Easy.
0: One whole bag. Oh, That's yeah. a big bag.
1: Yeah, it is a big It is. It is amazing. I was uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, or I was down at the Kansas City-Houston game with the Tobes and I sat next to uh, Cheryl Toba yeah, yep, Cheryl. Cheryl uh, during the game, and I had my bag of pistachios, and I, <laughs> I ate the whole bag, and she was just amazed. She goes, you know how many calories are in that bag? And I go, no, I don't. Yeah, and you I, don't I, eat I, anything else. You're I go, a Twigs and Berries I go, guy now. Uh, appreciate you don't tell me how many calories are in it. Well, you're looking good, I'll tell
0: you that. I'll tell you who else is looking good is the Philadelphia Eagles, and the reason is they were in a similar situation as the Bears. Uh, interestingly, both teams. Both teams had players-only meetings last week. Right. Both teams had come off two rough losses. They got pretty much punched in the mouth in both of those situations. Yep. They hit the road to go to Buffalo and beat a very good Buffalo team this year. And now they're feeling good because they'll have three consecutive games at home. They got a bye week after they play the Bears. And they're close in proximity versus the Bears are in the division race, with right. the Dallas Cowboys. So they're feeling good. They're feeling really good. They might oh, yeah. get Deshaun Jackson back this week, might get Darren Sproles back. They might not have Miles Sanders. But uh, your impressions of, of just what the Philadelphia Eagles are throwing at you these days and what you think of Carson Wentz?
1: Well, I mean, they're champions. I mean, that's the one thing. So they have the heart of the champion. They've, they've been there. They've won the Super Bowl. They, they know what it's like. They know pressure games. They, they know when a game is it, the season's life or death, and that's, you know, Obviously, they had a good meeting, went up to, and beat a supposedly good Buffalo team. So they are going to, these guys, this is going to be a tough game for the Bears, no question about it. Now, I, if
0: you're I, getting ready for them, you got to deal, obviously, you look at what they do with that wide nine defensive yeah, front. Yeah. I know we hear a lot about it. It's Jim Schwartz. We yep. had him in Detroit. So it became a thing to hear about the wide nine. And that's, for for those who don't know exactly what that is, it just spread those defensive linemen out. They get up field quick, a fast-flowing defense, but you, you got to stop the engine in there, and that's Fletcher Cox, that yeah. three-technique defensive tackle in this, in yeah, this front. Yeah, he,
1: he's a di- disruptor in there. He, he's he's a great one. Uses his hands well. Um, but I, I I like I like uh, what the Bears' offense how they're going to match up against this on that wide nine because that that old power play where Montgomery had the fifty-five yard run. I mean, that's the perfect design play for that type of defense and. And I, I think, and uh, why
0: is that? What what, what makes that so well, inviting?
1: Well, I, mean, I mean, if that defensive end is, come, is playing so wide and and coming upfield, I mean, the back guard, the old guard, how Cody Whitehair pulled around there. I mean, he that that defensive end basically is taking himself out of the play already. So you you know to turn it up. I mean, there's a, there's going to be a design hole. You don't have to look for daylight. Just take it and go north to south.
0: And you'll be happy to know if you haven't watched it already. Your guy, James Daniels, pancaked his guy.
1: Yeah, he had a great block on that. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole line did have a, a great... That's perfect. Yeah, they they had a great block. And that's what's fun about offensive line when you start having plays like that and the executions there. So, whole, I mean, hopefully on that one play right there, they can build off that and um, and just have the confidence that, that those plays are going to hit. And also confidence with Coach Nagy that, you know, we're going to keep going. He saw the success of hitting these consecutive plays. And, and it, it's true that... Um, the more the offensive line will run these plays, the better their their technique and their footwork and all their coordination and everything will be be going together. It is one
0: thing, and I know it aggravates offensive linemen who played the game to now analyze the game, but it, it sounds so perfect to say, okay, Cody... Hit hit the right. hit the guy in the exact spot on his shoulder to clear out the lane, and then you two guys got to drive this guy to the next linebacker. But and the footwork and the technique has to be complete. And it's not that way,
1: though. Right? No, it isn't. Uh, it, it
0: it sounds good.
1: Right? No, it that that's that's true, Jeff. Um, during the week. That's where that's when you work on your fundamentals and technique. I mean, you have got to be conscious of that. Everything you do, every step you take in practice, you got to be working your techniques. I used to tell Tom all the time, you know, we got a big nose guard uh, this week, and Tom, I want you to take your left hand. Tom, there played right guard, so I want to take your left hand. You hit the nose guard in the shoulder. Don't hit. Don't hit my shoulder. Don't hit my body. Don't hit. Just give me a hand on his shoulder, and that's all I need. It's just little stuff like that, and if if you if these, if this offensive line can stick together long enough and be able to work through those little techniques to work with each other, it comes a long way. In the game. If
0: you're a guy like Rashad Coward, who just come off his second NFL start, he is an, uh, very inexperienced playing that guard position, very inexperienced playing the offensive line in general, and you have a three-penalty game like he did with two false starts and a hold. How do you make sure that doesn't happen again mentally? Because the physical right, part right. of it, you know, again, stuff happens. Every offensive lineman gets flagged, but to have three in one game after having a real good start is is first week. What what would you explain and how? What advice would you give? Yeah,
1: him? Uh, just to um, you know, learn from it, uh, be prepared. You know, think about what it is that caused. And and again, you know, tell them that hey, everybody makes mistakes out here. Um, everybody does it. Um, you you're gonna make mistakes and. Wait, what, but don't lose how aggressive you are. I like how aggressive yeah. he is. I mean, um, similar situation when I played um, my other guard, uh, Mark Bortz, he was a defensive lineman that converted it to offensive lineman. And he got thrown the, – the year they converted him to um, the, the offensive guard, it was like his third game, I think second or third game of the, that, that season, the 83 season, he got thrown in a game due to, to an injury. And he didn't know what was going. On. <laughs> it was it, it was one of the funniest plays I've ever seen in the NFL. We had a straight toss play um, called, and uh, the toss he had a bubble over him, so he had a linebacker inside linebacker like five o- yards off the ball. And a straight toss play is there's there's no faking. The quarterback opens up to the play side and tosses it to the running back to the play side. So that linebacker is flowing as soon as he's he's flying out of there. And and you look at that tape with Borsi, Here's his first snap in the NFL. He went straight straight, straight at the <laughs> linebacker, and then when the linebacker moved and ran straight, you know, the other way, he took a straight right and chased right after him five yards behind him. And the next that Monday in the meetings, Dick Stanford goes, Mark, what are you doing here? You got to take a proper angle to cut that that guy off. Don't you understand the action in the backfield? And and Mark uh, goes no coach no coach and turn the lights on. He goes here. Look at your diagram. How you draw it? You drew a straight line <laughs> from guard to the linebacker. So he ran. And he that did straight. what he was told so, to do. Right. So you know coaching. That's is a, where
0: you have to be specific. Yeah. Coaching's a little more complex than you think it is. Right. You can't assume you're your players <laughs> right, right. knowing exactly what to do. Jay Hilgenberg, our guest here on Bears All Access. We'll be joined by Vidal Nichols coming up uh, as well this evening. It's brought to you by IGS Energy. Good to have you along. Back to the Eagles, uh, one of the guys that's playing great on that front right now is Brandon Graham. He's got five sacks all on third down this year for the Eagles. And
1: uh, if you're looking at a guy like this 6'2", 260, he, yeah. he wins the game of leverage on right, you, doesn't right, he? Right, right, right. Those are the scary guys. You know, it, two things are scary for an offensive lineman in the NFL. Guys that never stop moving their feet as pass rushers. And uh, I think the, the, the shorter guys, I you know, the, the leverage guys. I always had problems against the guys. You know, I'm 6'2", so there were – not many people shorter than me out there in the field, but there were a few, and they were difficult guys to play against.
0: What's your opinion of Carson Wentz?
1: Uh, uh, just an intense, tough player. He's a gamer. He'll sit there in the pocket. Um, he's not. Will- he's willing to take a hit. He's not afraid of anything out there. Uh, fierce competitor. Uh, he's going to give you some chances, though, I think, how he holds on to the ball to knock it away from him. So
0: Yeah, they say he's a perfectionist to the point that he will wait until the last possible second and he will also eject the pocket though he will beat you yeah, no, feet. He, runs, he did last right, week a couple right. of double digit runs as well all right we're going to step away for another break here on chicago sports radio 670 the score get an insider's look at the past 100 years of chicago bears football with the chicago bears centennial scrapbook buy your copy at store.chicagobears.com jeff joniak jay hilgenberg in for tom thayer this week and our special guest this week is second year bears defensive lineman balal nichols Headed home this weekend yeah. against the Philadelphia Eagles team you uh, rooted for growing up. Uh, you lived in Chester, PA, not too far from Philly, mm-hmm. and then over to Newark, Delaware. So mm-hmm. that's uh, Eagles territory over yeah. there. Eagles territory over
2: there. Yeah, it's all Eagles territory over there.
0: How you feeling about it?
2: Oh uh, man, I, I feel I feel blessed. I can't wait to just get there and you know just just get a win. You know, we we hungry for a win and. um I don't really care about the situation or, you know, the homecoming. I just want to win yeah. with, with my team.
0: You got a lot of family going there and friends or uh, no?
2: I got a good amount. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know how that goes yeah. when you come back home. <laughs> it's
1: costing <it's> cost, <laughs> This road trip's costing you money, isn't
0: it?
2: Yeah, but I'm keeping it real limited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Just yeah. That's family. smart. I like it. Yeah, because yeah. uh-huh.
0: a lot of guys, they get overwhelmed.
2: Oh, yeah, it could be a distraction. So yeah. I'm not dealing with it. So, you know, I just... Have my mom. I give her a certain amount, and I tell her to handle that. And I'm focused on the game.
0: Yeah, it's good so, advice. Mm-hmm. Think one, did one of the veterans give you that advice? Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> did you ever blow out the budget for a game?
1: Oh, not really. I mean, my my folks are always really good about it. I mean, I come from a football family, so I mean, they yeah, they, they got it. They yeah, understood. Yeah. yeah, my 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 mom, and dad wouldn't let me. Uh, they'd buy their own tickets. They they wouldn't let me spend my money. Really. And you're still not spending your money. Right. All right. I'm so lucky. I'm blessed to have my parents in my life. They've made my life easier. Yeah. I'm a lucky guy. Bilal, so you grew up an Eagles fan. Was was that your sport? Were there other sports that you were into growing up? Yeah.
2: So I was an Eagles fan growing up, and I was real huge in basketball. Um, That was actually my first love, um, basketball. And then kind of when I got to high school, I started to gravitate more towards football.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, was it always defensive line that you played? or yeah, defensive oh no, well, line. Oh you played or tight end. end. Yeah. I read, yeah. And then defensive you, line you, or tight end. You, you caught touchdown passes. Were you all state tight end? I saw also. Yeah, I
2: was. I was decent. Yeah, he's, he's being has <laughs> He's modest. humble yeah, here. He yeah, so yeah.
0: Biggest catch you ever made? You remember? Uh,
2: yeah, it was actually in the I think the semifinal game um, in the playoffs, my senior year, it was a touchdown pass, like probably like in the third quarter, against a a, a, t- a team that we had lost the previous. Three times we played them too so mm. you know that was a that was a game that you know really stuck with me do you remember the route? i think i ran a corner route yeah actually. he does <laughs> i ran a corner <laughs> route <laughs> yeah i remember the route it was a you, corner route you know why it's
1: kind of funny because uh jerry azuma have you ever met jerry azuma he was a great chicago bearer uh he was a kick returner um he was before devin hester mm-hmm. and um he played he was the all-time Division II running ba- leading rusher running back. He's a great running back. And I tell him all the time when I see him, Jerry, you were the best running back the Bears had when you were here. But the problem is he played defensive back. He never carried the ball in the NFL. He was Dick Geron's uh, he Right, they made him in a project. I, I, asked yeah. Jer- I asked Jerry about that. I go, were you ever frustrated that you never had a chance to run? Hey, he's secretly, yeah, yeah I yeah. think <laughs> he is. I mean, so – I mean, last year when you were seeing all this goal line stuff mm-hmm. going on, were you like trying to raise your hand or just to be a rookie? You felt like you ought to. Uh,
2: I was a rookie, so I kind of just was happy to just yes. be. I was on the, uh, the Santa sleigh. Oh, yeah. the Lions, right, right, right. Okay. So I was just happy to just be right. out there. Uh
1: huh. Now, yeah. hey, you got talent. You got mm-hmm. to speak up and. <laughs> Let's see some catches out there from you. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: going to definitely start voicing it this year. <laughs> good, good.
0: So a couple games back after the injury, mm-hmm. h- how is it feeling? How is it feeling and, and, and how is it to, to mm-hmm. use your hand and so forth?
2: Yeah, um, it's feeling good. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I think it's I think this past Sunday was six weeks since it happened. And, uh, you know, I've, I've made great strides. And uh, I'm back to, you know, I'm slowly getting back to myself. Uh, from a rhythm standpoint just you know how I used to use my hands to now so you know it it feels good though Um, I felt like that whole time period um, gave me a chance to grow in a lot of areas and uh, really mature from a mental standpoint.
0: In a weird kind of way and both you guys can answer questions about this because Jay you didn't get through the entire NFL career 13 years without having injuries to play through and Mm. and play with by not having a hundred percent you know comfortability with with the with the hand and whatnot as it accentuated your play in other ways like using different elements of your game to, yeah. comp, to you know overcompensate for yeah, that
2: exactly um so it, it was certain things that you know the, my first game back that I did that I really never really tried just to just because I had the cast I mean it was it was a situation where I was I was trying to get adjusted to it. It feel weird with it on your hand because you're a D lineman and everything we do is with our hands. So mm-hmm. uh, to have that cast on, it was like a little weird feeling. It it was more like uh, just getting used to it. So um, you know, it was certain moves that I would try because I knew I had a cast on my hand. I knew it probably <laughs> hurt. <laughs> See, defensive lineman. I'm telling you. What's That's the worst uh, thing you ever played with?
1: Uh, I broke my hand. I broke my hand in a, in in a game and stuff. So. Um, it was my left hand so that was back in the day they just shot it up it, 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 I wasn't going to do any more damage to it at all uh, the yeah. way it was broken so they they shot it up and I went out and played um,
0: what was the mental hurdle?
1: Uh, you know, it was so numb that I really, I didn't have, I didn't have much one. Although, actually, in this game, I, I got in a fight in the game. And, oh, nice going, and, Jay. I, and I <laughs> Come got, on. And I grabbed the guy's face mask with my broken hand. I oh. remember I was, give, I gave a couple punches. Who was it? Um, Some guy from the Cowboys. It was, it was the 44-0 to uh, Cowboy oh, yeah, win. yeah, one of the most where, impressive where, 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 in Bears history. Where I slid over the top of the ball, and I missed the fumble, and this guy got right in my face. And it was just, I... Just grabbed his face mask and s- throwing some uppercuts, and then I, about my second uppercut, I was thinking, "What am I doing? I got I got a broken hand, and I'm grabbing this guy's face mask." So you can to-
0: you know, these offensive linemen, you know, <laughs> but, come on. But now
1: your, your your cast or your cast that you had on is it modified now from the first time you played with it to now, or is it the same um, apparatus
2: or? Yeah, so um, the first time I played with it, it was like a a real cast. But uh, the fingers, my fingers were cut out, so my fingers were exposed. um, Where now, it's just uh, because it's been, what, two weeks... Um, now, I just got a pad over my hand. Yeah, good. Like All a right, hard so, pad. Yeah, so, was, so I'm pretty much yeah. pretty much back.
0: So, you know what's interesting? And, and Bilal and I, you know, have, have a really good relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always give my handshake. And mm-hmm. the first time I did it, i like, uh oh. Right. Yeah, better not. I mean, you just go in, you know, you're not thinking. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you politely, but, you know, it's interesting what you have to do mm-hmm. when you're out in public or with friends mm-hmm. or family when you're banged up, especially your hand. You know, you, you, you got to be careful. And you either have to you know, maybe go with a fist bump or an elbow, I don't know. You gotta, right. They're not going to remember. Like right. If you have back surgery and you get an attaboy in the back, you know, it could send you right. through the ceiling.
2: Yeah, it's, it's crazy, too, because sometimes I forget. So I go shake somebody's hand, I'm like, ah. Oh. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
0: You don't want that, that's for sure. Bilal Nichols, our guest here on Bears All Access with Jay Hilgenberg, sitting in for Tom Thayer. Um, when you grew up in Philly, did you have a favorite player? that you liked down the Eagles or anything uh, that resonates with you? And did you ever go to an Eagles game as a kid? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so um, I had a couple favorite players. Of course, on defense, it was Brian Dawkins and then Jeremiah Trotter. Uh, those were guys that you know I, I really liked a lot. Um, Javon Kirst, um, when he ended up coming with Philly. And then on offense, I was a huge uh, Brian Westbrook fan right so um, those are the guys you know i like that yeah I, I, I had went to a game uh my first ever game was in philly i, I can't remember how old i was i want to say i was in like middle school mm-hmm. but uh that was my first time going to a um an eagles game who, who was playing um they were playing the cowboys oh very good they were playing the cowboys end of the year and i think they lost too uh-huh. so
0: and it's funny because a lot of players have never been to a game i mean they just yeah. you know until they get to the nfl yeah. and you kind of take it for granted that if you're interested in football, you'd be at a game. Right. But, you yeah. know, wait, in many cases, that's not the situation.
1: Wait, wait, was your dream then already to be in the NFL when you went to that first game, or did it
2: come real afterwards,
1: or did it come later in life? Yeah. Did you think you had so, an opportunity? So
2: ended, it ended up coming once I got to high school. So I think I went to that game in middle school. Ended up my dream of going to the NFL, ended up coming to high school. I was At that point in middle school, I was more like trying to go to the NBA. I was a huge <laughs> basketball fan uh, and uh I love football. I love to watch it, but I just I didn't play it as much, so I wasn't as experienced in it. And then when I got to high school, I played it and I fell in love with it. And then uh next thing you know, just this athletic. Were oh, you kid Sixers? Out there. Sixers? Yeah, Sixers. Yeah, who was
0: your guy in the Sixers? Allen
2: Iverson. Yeah, First, there you, you, know. you knew it. <laughs> so, yeah, practice. So <laughs> practice.
1: why why uh, why why Delaware? Did you want to stay close to home or yeah. or were you not heavily recruited out of high school?
2: It's funny. I wasn't heavily recruited. I probably had about two to three offers coming out of high school. It was a funny story because um I was considered like a late bloomer. Um right, I was hey, just this right. raw athletic kid. Wasn't good at technique, but just, you know, was raw and athletic. And, uh, you know, Delaware was the first school to offer me. Um, and then came Bucknell, and then uh, then came James Madison. Uh-huh. So those were the only three offers I had. And um, at the time, I loved uh, Delaware. I loved the coaching staff, Co- the head coach, Dave Brock. Um, he was a real honest guy, and, you know, we had a great relationship, and he had a good relationship with my grandparents. And it was close to home. I'm like, my family can come right. to all the That's home great. games. so. You know, why not? And then Delaware had a rich tradition, especially. um, They were pretty good at putting kids in the league. So, you know, I just said, why not?
1: Yeah. See, I I, I wish kids would do that. I I don't understand why um, these top players flock to Alabama mm -hmm. and all these top programs. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, look at – I mean, they, they found you. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're a great uh, professional football player. And mm-hmm. if if you have ability, they're going to find you no matter what yeah. school you go to. So mm-hmm. I, that's great that you, st- you stayed at home, mm-hmm. let the family watch and play. Do you ever
0: uh, – because there's a couple guys in that room, Charles Leno Jr. For mm-hmm. one, Allen Robinson loved the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. a- Allen Robinson, I learned that he stood before his kindergarten class and said, I'm going to be a pro athlete one day. And they kept telling him, yeah, okay, kid, whatever. Yeah, you he know? did.
2: He told me that story um, – probably about 4 days ago. Really? Yeah. He literally stood in front of his class and told them that's what he was going to be and they were like, "Yeah, but you know you need a backup plan." And he was like, "No, this is what I want to be."
0: It's crazy to think what what happened. Every kid would love to, mm-hmm. but he had the conviction to do it, but that man
2: loves the NBA. He now. does. Me and him talk all the time yeah. about it. Yeah, we talk about it and
0: It's Kawhi know. his favorite player.
2: I don't know who his favorite I think player it is, but I don't is. Know. it might be though. Yeah,
0: great debates going on there, and you mm-hmm. get Leno with
2: the Warriors in there. Oh, Len- good. oh Leno loved it. you can't tell him nothing about the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: been to a Bulls game here?
2: Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have, I have. And I am look forward to going back. I yeah, had an yeah. amazing time. Nice. The atmosphere in there is ridiculous. Yeah, right. yeah. Right.
0: They're going to be better this year, hopefully, as the year goes on. All right, we're going to step away, have another break here. We'll have Bilal Nichols back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Sports Radio 670, The Score. Starting Sunday, November 3rd through November 6th, one lucky winner can win a Thanksgiving-themed lunch with their friends at Hallis Hall. Enter the Bears' Friendsgiving sweepstakes. Brought to you by Miller Lite at ChicagoBears.com slash Jeff Joniak along with Jay Hilgenberg in for Tom Thayer. Balal Nichols, the Bears' uh, bright second-year defensive lineman, uh, getting an opportunity at a ton of playing time this season. You know, you won that starting job. That injury obviously throws you a curveball. Mm-hmm. Mentally for a young player, how'd you deal?
2: It was it was tough um, because uh, this past offseason I trained so hard. Um, I was in the best physical shape I've ever been in in my life. Um, from a mental standpoint, I felt like I was at my best. Um, you know, I was lean, I was faster, stronger, and I was ready to go. And uh, I had so, such, you know, high goals for myself this past, this year. And uh, it's like a second game of the year, doing something that I do a thousand times a day, taking on a block, I just happened to break my hand. It was kind of like... You know, it was kind of like a, a little demoralizing, just because of the situation. And then I just felt like I was just leaving my teammates out there, my other teammates on the D line out there to battle. And it was, it was nothing that I could do to help them. Um, but I tell people um, that it was really a blessing in disguise that it happened because it gave me a chance to grow uh, mentally as a as a person and a player um, on and off the field. Um, it gave me an opportunity to to really appreciate things and. and to learn not to take anything for granted because it can be taken away from you in the blink of a second. And it gave me an idea on, you know, how to break down film. Um, I was able to, you know, learn different things on how to break down film and help the guys out because I wasn't playing, so I had to figure out a way to help them in some type of way. And, uh, you know, it was in film or what I seen on the field or on the sideline and just, you know, just trying to be that extra that extra guy that they can come to for for an insight on what's going on. So when you
0: get an injury, and I don't know how players deal with this or not, do you ask questions? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's this mean down the road? Mm-hmm. Can it re-break? Can, I mean, do you go through that process or do you just put the trust in them to tell you, hey, everything's mm-hmm. a thumbs up?
2: Um, you got to trust them. Uh, I feel like uh, for me it was like I, I didn't want to try to think about that type of yeah. stuff because I didn't want it to slow me down on the field yeah. or, or discourage me in any way. Um, so, uh, you know, I did talk to guys who had similar injuries like, uh, Leonard Floyd and Akeem. Uh, those guys happened to have, uh, the same injury I had and, uh, they helped me out and they kept me in it mentally. Um, this funny thing is, uh, uh, the night I, I I did it, I had the injury. Akeem texted me. Uh, we had just got back from Denver. It was probably like two, three in the morning. Akeem texted me just saying like, "Yo, uh, I just want you to know I got your back, and I'm here if you need anything. Just call me. I can come over help you if you need help with anything and stuff like that." Meant meant a lot to me just because uh, mentally, you know, you got a thousand things going in your head, like you know, about this injury, and uh, just just something small like that really helped me out. So just talking to those guys, they kept me in it mentally and you know i just i just wanted to be able to help them in any way i could at that point
1: right uh, did, did you feel like you know when you first got back playing like um you you got caught up to f- speed of the game or was there an adjustment uh, right off the
2: bat or, or did you feel comfortable getting right back in there yeah so um the first the first couple of drives i i kind of had to uh i i had to get my rhythm back um i felt like right. i was um you know you know you know how it is you Sure. Play for a very long absolutely. time absolutely it's, it's all about rhythm um so i kind of felt a little you know, like everything was happening a little fast, but once I got my rhythm down, I got my eyes working, looking right. at the correct things and my hands working and uh getting over that mental block of using my hand, I was good to go. Right.
1: I, I remember um in eighty seven I missed the whole preseason. I hurt my shoulder in the preseason mm-hmm. and we opened up against the Giants on a Monday night game, I believe it was, and I wasn't. I wasn't ready to play the game. I mentally, I wasn't ready because okay. I hadn't taken a hit or anything. I remember the first play we ran. We ran a wham play. I don't, I don't know if they run. No, wham- I love whams. They still run. Yeah, I love whams. Uh, you know, I used to head fake the center or head the fake. nose guard, and the, just, it was fun stuff to do to mm-hmm. nose guards. And but. I had faked and I, and I was supposed to slide over to check a linebacker or a defensive end, and but I wasn't looking. I was kind of out of it, just looking at the nose guard. And Leonard Marshall came and just TKO'd me. I mean, he knocked <laughs> me down so hard, you know, first play of the game, but it was the best thing that happened to me. You know, it got me right it back in. It woke into you the game. up. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, that, so I'm sure that first play you back in after your yeah.
2: hand, there was a lot of anxio- anxiousness. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. And then, uh, I think, uh, like later on that series, I made a stop on third and one, um, and and that that really juiced me up. Right. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, you
1: know, you made, you made such a big splash your rookie year. It's mm-hmm. like almost kind of you know you're a fifth round draft choice, and no one really expected a lot of a mm-hmm. fifth round draft so You came in, and, man. You were making plays. You and you had a bunch of sacks. You, mm-hmm. Your first sack was against Matthew Stafford. That's quite of a quarterback mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. a sack on and. Jay still trying to get him traded from the Lions. Yeah, he always keeps talking. The yeah. Lions
0: should trade Matthew Stafford. I, I, I really think. That, <laughs> I really
1: think they should. I, th- I think they a great should. Quarterback. But, yeah, <laughs> great quarterback. Yeah, he is. He is. But he's, he has a lot of losses. But um, but I mean Carson Wentz. I mean here's an opportunity. I mean here. This would be a big uh, a pelt to have on, the mm-hmm. you know, being from the Philadelphia area to mm-hmm. get a sack here Sunday against Carson Wentz. And he's going to give you an opportunity, won't he? I mean, he sits yeah. in that pocket. He looks mm-hmm. for he He'll sit there. Mm-hmm. and Now, when you see it, do you, are you taught to go after the ball, go through the ball to the mm-hmm. quarterback, or you just get the quarterback? I go
2: after the ball. Um All right. one guy you know who does it better than anybody else is Khalil. Um, uh-huh. It was funny, too, because when he had first got here last year, I sat down and I talked with him, man. He told me, um, everything you do, do with the intent of getting the ball. He literally sat down and told me that. And then I watch him at practice every day. I watch him in games. And uh, I've kind of started to develop that trait. So everything I do, I try to get the ball. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't even care about sacking a QB. I'm trying to sack the ball. That's cool. It's
0: interesting how you go about your business, you know, mm-hmm. as a young man. Because – you and Akeem obviously hit it off immediately. Mm-hmm. You sought him out. He he was willing to help you. Uh, some guys are not. But you seek input from the guys that mm-hmm. have played this game, you know, just mm-hmm. not many years, you know, before you yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's important to you, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, I got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, you know, I've been watching those guys since, since I was in high school. So, you know, um, I just felt like I was blessed enough to come, into a position where I'm, I'm surrounded by so many talented players, and uh, I feel like whenever you get the chance, you should soak up the knowledge. Um, those guys are great guys; they're never going to tell me anything wrong. And um, one day, I wanna, I wanna have the type of career that they're building right now. So uh, I, I'm, I'm always asking questions, and they always happy to answer them.
0: Gonna be weird That's facing correct. Jordan Howard.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little different. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he's
2: going to be ready. <laughs> yeah, he's he going to be ready for it, yeah, he gonna be ready. we're we going to be ready for it, too. Yeah, Ooh.
1: he and Tariq are talking a lot. Mm-hmm. When, when you're like on a one-on-one pass rush, do you like getting tight up on the guy or do you like being a little off the offensive lineman that you're going to rush against?
2: I like being a little bit off um, mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of times when I get off the ball in passing situations, I try to cover a lot of ground with my get-off. So sometimes if, I, if I'm too close to the ball and I'm getting off, I feel like uh I'm right there. Right. I'm right there and it and I don't like it. So sometimes I back up off the ball mm-hmm. to really like, you know, make And are you goal. at
0: liberty to do whatever makes you feel comfortable or is Jay Ryan this is what you have to do, don't vary?
2: No, Jay is, Jay Jay is a pretty he's a great coach. He's yeah. uh he's pretty good about, you know, allowing you to be a playmaker. Um he, he don't he don't want you to be a robot out there. Uh he wants you to be a playmaker. So um, you know, he, he gives you the freedom to do stuff like that.
0: Bilal Nichols, our guest, one more segment to go here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Be sure to stop by the Middle Light Ultimate Tailgate before the next Bears home game. Sunday, November 10th, the tailgate opens at 10 a.m. through one-hour post game, located at the Field Museum. Ultimate tailgate free for fans of all ages and a great place to stop for food and drinks before heading into the game. With Jay Hilgenberg in for Tom Thayer this week, Jeff Joniak and Bilal Nichols kind enough to join us as he gets ready to meet the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they got a heck of an offensive line, don't they? Uh what are you seeing? Because uh that Brandon Brooks is getting a lot of acclaim mm-hmm. right now as one of the top guards in the league and some mm-hmm. say maybe the best guard in the league. Yeah. Um, I mean
2: he's 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 a heck of a player. Um we played them last year in the playoffs, uh he was he was a dominant player, um, you know. So it it was great to go against him, and I look I look forward to the challenge back then, and I look forward to the challenge this Sunday. Um, they have a great offensive line, like you said. Uh, you got Kelsey at the center, you got Brooks as the guard, you got uh, Isaac as the other guard, and then you have the two tackles, uh, Lane Johnson, all pro player. And then uh, Jason Peters went down, so you know they got guys stepping in in his place. But Andrew you know, the Diller, the rookie. Yeah, Dillard, yeah. yeah. So you know they got uh, they got talent all across the board. Um, and and, they, and the good thing about them is when you watch them on film, they seem like they are very comfortable working with each other and they work as one. So um, you know it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a good test for us. Right,
1: that's great, though. I mean, you look at that as an opportunity. I can just tell listening mm-hmm. to you, you talk mm-hmm. that here's an opportunity for you to keep stepping up and making a name for yeah. yourself in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And also, I, your defense actually should be pretty well rested this week. You only had like 40-some snaps. 42, yeah. yeah snaps. I, I mean, yeah. did you feel it that, that this past week was not as taxing to you guys?
2: Yeah, I felt great after the game. <laughs> right. No, hey, I you know, and, and, and
1: you shouldn't apologize for that. There was many games in the NFL that I felt great afterwards in mm-hmm. the week I felt great. I mean, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's it's a great thing to mm-hmm. to feel good during the middle of the season of the NFL.
2: I mean, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I felt good. I felt like I could play another one. Right. It was it was, you know. That's super mm-hmm. which
0: underscores the the impact of complementary football, mm-hmm. you know, special mm-hmm. teams offense and defense working together. Uh, what are you learning? Because last year, your rookie year, it's wow, it was wow, mm-hmm. twelve and four. Mm-hmm. Now, three game losing streak, it, it sets off so many alarms and, uh, for any team that has a three game losing streak mm-hmm. or more. That's just that's the nature of the beast. But mm-hmm. what are you
2: learning about winning and losing? Um, I'm learning that uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, you, you're going to be hit with adversity, but it's, it's it's always about how you respond to it. Um and, and that's what that's what we're learning this year. Um, you know, we we've been dealt, you know, we, we've had some things happen to us that's you know, that's just different. And uh it's all about how we bounce back. But, you know, what what I can say about the guys in our locker room is each and every single guy comes out every day and works their tail off. You know, they they they're not shooken up by what's going on and uh, you know, they 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 come into practice every day with the energy. With the energy because we know that uh, we're gonna get it back on track
0: and it's important for young guys too mm-hmm. because you're going to be here a while mm-hmm. so you can s- these things that you go through when the next wave of guys come because the roster changes every year mm-hmm. you know you're going to be one of those leaders to say hey listen we've been through this here's how we're going to get out of it mm-hmm. you're going to learn a lot from this
2: yeah yeah and, and i'm just really trying to take it all in and be a sponge uh, you look at guys like Danny Trevathan um you know, you look at a uh, Ha Ha, Khalil, Akeem. You look at all those type of guys, and uh, you know, they're they're remaining positive. They're they are our leaders, and they're remaining positive. And um, the way they're handling the situation is is quite remarkable. Um, so you know, I'm just taking notes from them. So you know, when I'm in their position one day, I can do the same thing. I think Coach yeah. Nagy
0: feels good about the the idea that players have gone up to him this week mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, Coach, we got this." Mm-hmm. It, it takes a little bit off the worry aspect of being a head coach Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it does it does um so much accountability in our locker room um everybody we have each other's back Um, That's great, and that's all that matters. I mean,
1: that's what it really takes. I mean, Mm -hmm. for a team to get through tough times, as as I said earlier, before you were here, that it's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And I see it more now, being out of the league for so long, is that you got the team has to stay together during the season because it's such a short season anyway. Mm -hmm. That I mean, you can do whatever you want in the off season, but Mm -hmm. this time everybody has to be on the same page. Right.
0: All right. Well, that's gonna wrap us up for this week's show. Belong. Good luck this week. Uh, Have fun with your family and the visit there, and. uh, Take care of that business trip. Thank you. you I appreciate it. Philadelphia Eagles. Appreciate you taking mm-hmm. the time to be here. Bilal Nichols, Bears second-year defensive lineman. We're Jay Hilgenberg. Bilal, I'm Jeff Joniak, along with Paul Zerang, our engineer, and Dan Brille, our producer. We appreciate you listening tonight. We'll talk to you next time. And, of course, Tom Thayer will be back with me on the radio on Sunday, along with Jay and Ron Gleason, Jim Schwantz, and our pregame show at 9. Kickoff at noon from Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia for the Bears and Eagles. Have a good night on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score.